Welcome to Immigration Nerds. Today we have with us political journalist Ian Colgren, who specializes in both international and domestic labor. As the economy continues to grow domestically, how are companies responding to instances of worker shortages? Where does the China trade deal stand now? Which economy has the leverage? This and more global economic questions are answered up next. Make sure to dust off your graphing calculators. Today we talk business. I'm Ian Gaines. Come join us Beyond Borders. Thank you, Ian, for coming on to Immigration Nerds. Thank you. You have a great name, I have to say. <laughs> Two Ians, yeah. one podcast. <laughs> Two Ians, one mic, you know, that's a, <laughs> that's a deal. I like it. <laughs> so thank you for coming. And um, right now, the whole political situation is surrounding economics. In December... They just released, I think it's Department of Labor, that they added 312,000 new jobs. And unemployment is at record lows. Right, right, it is. Uh, yeah, I, I would say it's like 3 point something, 3.7, 3.9. Right. It actually ticked up a little bit in December simply because more people entered the labor force, which is mm-hmm. which is interesting, right? Like more people started looking for jobs so they got into the pool of people looking for jobs and so therefore they were they were counted as unemployed but in reality it's a pretty good thing for the economy because the you know economists have been watching for a long time to see when people who are displaced by the recession are going to get off the sidelines and start trying to find work again and there is some at least very early small sign that that may be starting to happen right right so could you give us like an overview of what the labor market is looking right now domestically? Yeah, you know, the labor market has been really tight for a long time. It's interesting because if you would have if you would have asked me or anybody else who follows this stuff probably six months ago, I think everybody would have said and was saying at the time that by this point hiring would have slowed down probably because the economy is nearing full employment. Economists have been watching for a really long time to see when that happens. And it's really interesting that that the big monthly jobs numbers that we've been seeing have not stopped. They've just, I mean, 312,000 is like massive. I mean, that that was, I yeah. think I've been following, I've been reporting on the monthly jobs numbers for a couple of years and that was the biggest number I'd ever seen. Wow. So it's a big deal and companies are still hiring a lot and the economy has not reached full employment yet. That said, and I'm sure, you know, a lot of the employers listening deal with this a lot, but but pretty much every company says they're having a hard time finding workers to fill the open jobs they have. Uh, and so in that sense, the economy is getting really tight. And that's why we've seen monthly or I should say year over year wages go up right. a little bit in the last couple reports. And there are signs that that's sort of starting to draw people off the sidelines back in looking for work. So, I mean, everybody been watching for a long time to see when wages are going to rise, because traditionally when there's a tight economy like this, that drives up wages because companies are trying to get people off the sidelines, Mm -hmm. uh, trying to hire people for their open positions. And it was sort of puzzling 
to a lot of economists about why that wasn't happening, but it looks like that is starting to happen. So right. that's a lot packed in there, but that's sort right. of like the big context we're dealing with the, right the now. The overall sense, right. the, the general sense. So uh, what would be that intersection between the domestic labor, you're saying there's uh, there's more positions than there are qualified applicants right now. Right. So how does that tie in with the, the need for uh, possibly like international labor? Right. Well, like you said, it's, it's, you know, a need. There's very high demand for workers. So most sort of, I'd say, traditional Chamber of Commerce-esque Republicans, I mean, like the Chamber of Commerce, number yeah. one, mm-hmm. a lot of businesses and groups that represent businesses want more immigration because they need workers. And as far as the bottom line goes, they don't really care about where they come from. They just need people to fill the jobs. So there's there's a sense among, uh, among the business community right now that finding more ways to get people to work, especially skilled labor mm-hmm. into the U.S., is a necessary thing to do. So I guess on our side, over the last two years, we've seen actions of slowly uh, tightening or shortening or limiting the amount of foreign workers right here in America. So it's, it seems like there's, there's a dichotomy here. It says like, you know, that there's more positions out there. Companies are having a need for more labor, qualified labor. But at the same time, it seems that this administration sort of limiting the amount of foreign labor that can come and work here. Right. I think a lot of folks in the business community would say exactly that the administration is not really responding to those needs. A lot of the philosophy inside DHS and from the White House comes from the idea that they want to preserve those jobs for American workers. They want to retrain people. They want to get people back to work who have been in this country. And therefore, you know, we, we have a president who is skeptical about bringing in too many people from the outside for a whole host of reasons, but sure. <laughs> that's, that's one of them. And that more leans towards low salary workers or a higher salary workers or is just a, a general sort of sense in terms of like that worker shortage right i don't know that it's contained really to one industry or one i guess tax question. bracket if right. you will mm-hmm. obviously you know it's 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 a big thing it's a big thing for tech companies obviously mm-hmm. um but it's not it's not limited to that it's really i mean i've i've heard this from a number of sectors that this is uh, an issue that they're facing. Mm -hmm. So if you had the the magical wand, what would be (laughs) one of the things to implement maybe to help rectify this situation or companies, uh, let's say if they're not getting the, the foreign workers that they need in domestically, is there anything that's happening right now that they're taken any avenues to help this situation? Right. You know, and that that's a really interesting question. And I guess from, from my perspective and my role, I sort of 
try to shy away from telling policymakers or business people what to do. Right. They're, 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 <laughs> right. A lot of them uh, know a lot more than I do about what they need for their business. That, that said, um, one thing that I, I have heard that some businesses are doing and, and, and is happening, uh, and it's also one explanation for why, one possible explanation for why wages might not be rising as quickly and that is that more companies are offering higher benefit packages or are investing in resources to train some of those workers who might have a skill set that sort of leans toward what they're doing but is maybe not not exactly what they need so there are some companies i i have heard that have been investing in training programs and in different sort of benefit packages to attract people to their company. So surely, I mean, that's just an example. Surely there are sure. some things that, that companies can do internally to sort of rectify this problem. And especially, I think you're going to see more of that too in the future because put it up against like what you said, you know, a lot of the business sector feeling like, at least in terms of immigration, the administration is not giving them what they need, then they're going to have to get creative and they're going to have to right. solve the problem on their own. And I mean, that's, you know, that's what business people are good at. That's what they do. Trump was going to meet with the, the Chinese uh, president. Right. Uh, I think they was having a discussion, was it uh, on December 7th? For us, it's yesterday, but on December 7th. And just knowing where that trade agreement right. stands, uh, if you know if there's been any sort of talks or come to any uh, resolution, maybe? Right. Well, there's been this whole war over tariffs with China, this tit-for-tat war that's been going on for a while now. I really wish I could tell you what the president is going to do. Nobody knows what the president <laughs> yeah, is going to do. That's... He often changes his mind <laughs> right at the last minute. Minute to minute basis. That said, yeah. I think that there's sort of a sense or a hope in the business community that, that I talk to that he at some point is going to have to cut a deal with Xi Jinping to figure out something and get these get these tariffs to stop whether that's wishful thinking I, I i don't know we'll see lately he hasn't really been in the mood to compromise on immigration especially you know you do see some blowback that he's getting from the tariffs and that has hurt him personally particularly the closure or i guess stoppage of the gm plants in north america recently mm particularly the one in Lordstown, Ohio, which is near Youngstown and is sort of right in the middle of Trump country. He and you know lawmakers from Ohio are trying to figure out something. There are a number of market forces that played into that decision, uh, according to GM, what GM said about it. Sure. But one of them was the aluminum tariffs. I mean, they, hmm. they were saying that they have to pay a lot more for aluminum now, and it made it untenable to run as many plants in North America, especially for small sedans and so forth that are not selling like they once were. So you definitely right. are seeing the squeeze with the tariffs. So at what point that really forces him to do something, uh, 
I don't know, but it, it's certainly starting to manifest. Right, right. So I was reading that there's over $200 billion in tariffs, um, and they were going to increase, and that's at 10%, and they was going to increase it to about 25%. Right. And having that uh, negotiation, because China is being pressed right now, um, their economy has is, right. is not increasing at the same rate right and you saw that like with the apple revenue forecast right a couple weeks ago i mean that Mm -hmm. was uh that was definitely the biggest sign recently that um the chinese economy is starting to slow down a little bit so that gives i guess america gives some leverage yeah right right a little bit of of leverage and more importantly when you're saying like the aluminum tariff that's a area of the country where a lot of his support right. sort of comes from. Definitely. So that'll be interesting how he plays that. And so he has an investment. Right. What, what are some other things that's maybe to come or that's interesting? Right. Well, well, I guess it's important to note that we're recording this before the president gives his big immigration address at 9 p.m. tonight. Yeah. Everybody's watching with bated breath to see what he says. And this this is his first we'll give an update. We'll yeah. Give an update. <laughs> Afterwards. <laughs> the, this is his first primetime address as president, first address from the White House. My fellow Americans, tonight I am speaking to you because there is a growing humanitarian and security crisis at our southern border. Every day, Customs and Border Patrol agents encounter thousands of illegal immigrants trying to enter our country. We are out of space to hold them. And we have no way to promptly return them. Back Both sides have country. really been kind of dragging their feet on solving this shutdown, shutdown. issue. And did that a couple so, of episodes ago. Yeah, yeah. So it'll be really interesting to see whether this really changes the calculus at all and how both sides play it. I guess Schumer and Pelosi, too, are giving giving some sort of rebuttal. We can secure our border without an ineffective expensive wall, and we can welcome legal immigrants and refugees without compromising safety and security. The symbol of America should be the Statue of Liberty, not a 30-foot wall. So our suggestion is a simple one. Mr. President, reopen the government and we can work to resolve our differences over border security, but end this shutdown at this point, yeah. it looks like it could do more to to dig in than really advance the conversation of how to solve this thing. Right. So the economic situation. Do you predict or project that this trend will continue? We're at record lows for unemployment and we're hiring each month. Is that going to sort of continue moving forward? Well, it, it can't forever, obviously. Most economists kind of agree that we're sort of nearing the end of the expansion cycle in the U.S. And that, interesting. that has raised a lot of fears about when the next recession is going to come and what that's going to look like. Um, that, that said, I mean, most mainstream economists, like I said a few months ago, would have predicted that it would have ended by now. So mm. we're sort of in the realm of like everyone agrees that we're sort of nearing the end of expansion. But it's like, 
when have we hit the top of this thing? Right. That's really the question that nobody knows at this point. So we're in like uncharted territory. It's like, well, yeah. it should have happened <laughs> by now. And they're not projecting a, a 2008 situation. Right. right. Well, and and mm-hmm. what you're going to see, too, is really before it tops out. I mean, hiring will top out at some point. We ostensibly would start to see lower jobs numbers every month. But then we might see things like, you know, the labor force participation rate going up, like I was saying, right. wages going up. That's the big one. They're finally going up. Mm-hmm. How much are they going to go up? So by all accounts, we're sort of still on the ascent. And it just is an open question about when we sort of hit the top of the mountain. Okay. I'll definitely uh, have you back here once we reach the top and we're on the descent. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, well, right, it, when are we coming? Yeah, we if, if you and I are still employed, <laughs> we can <laughs> we can come back and, and talk about it more. They can't hear, but I'm knocking on wood. Anyway, <laughs> thank you so much, uh, Ian, for coming on. And, and uh, definitely appreciate your insight. Thank you, Ian. For more content and immigration updates, please visit our website at eiglaw.com. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at EIG underscore law and our Instagram underscore EIG law to join in the conversation. Thanks for listening. See you next time.